0: That's my name. <laughs> I was thinking about it before the show, and this podcast could technically make us the foremost source for information on visioneers on the internet do you have
1: any information about i actually
0: do (laughs) i have information that's not on imdb that was not on that other podcast that is not in any of the special features did you dvd have any special features no yeah mine had two special features neither of which were behind the scenes or making ofs or anything like that one was a a job interview of Zach Galifianakis <laughs> in character. Okay, that's fun. The other was a an office worker's tribute video that like it basically looks like Zach Galifianakis' character was recruited by the boss of his office to make an office worker appreciation day video. That's awesome. And that's what he did. I have information that is not available anywhere there. Now it's information that some people would be able to track down for themselves if they Happen to have some background with the crossover links that I have for this movie. But at this point, as far as I know, we're the only people on the internet who are going to be talking about this stuff. So we may become the foremost authority on visioneers on the internet.
1: I think that's as good of an entry point as any. This is Sharks Across Hollywood. I'm currently leaning back in my chair because it, and it's really hot in here. So I'm just going to have, I'm gonna, it's going to be the laziest recording you've ever heard from us probably. <laughs>
0: We're, I don't know. I might bring the energy. I've had a, a, a large coffee. I'm working my way through an iced tea, and I'm actually pumped because I have something original to offer for once. We are talking
1: about Visioneers, by the way. That came up a few minutes ago,
0: but we are. Zach Galifianakis, 2008.
1: Yes. This is a movie that I'm guaranteeing most of the world has not seen. I probably walked by it in Hastings back in the day. I can almost guarantee I saw this on the wall there and I just I just skipped right over it because I didn't I don't think I knew who Zach Galifianakis was at the time. Maybe I did. Oh, no, I'd seen the hangover.
0: Yeah, this came out shortly after the hangover. But yeah, it's not it's not one that a lot of people know, if only evidenced by the fact that when we searched it on YouTube (laughs) and Spotify, there was. Next to nothing to be found. Yeah. So I would like to see, actually, I'm hoping that if nothing else, this podcast draws a few more people's attention to it. Because I th- I do think it's a good movie. I think it's a, a very entertaining movie. It's very dark, uh, but it's also very funny.
1: Oh, did you read any of their one-star reviews? A lot of it is, this movie's not funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if you were going into this, and, and they put on the cover of the Blu-ray, not the DVD, I don't think, but on the cover of the Blu-ray, they put... Starring Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover. And all I could think is that is the worst possible recommendation you can give for this movie. Because the audience that is coming into this expecting The Hangover is going to be <laughs> severely disappointed.
1: Yeah, you don't do that shit. It's like, it's like when Sam is directing Spider-Man, the director of Evil Dead. No.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Like for us, yeah, that's fine. But... For the normal person, like, that wouldn't even register. They wouldn't even give a shit. You could Spider-Man. do Army of
0: Darkness with Spider-Man, but you wouldn't do Evil Dead.
1: Oh, I need to retcon something I said in the into the Spider-Verse episode, by the way. We were talking about how the 2002 movie being the very first theatrically released Spider-Man movie. I was wrong. I was actually wrong. I fucking knew it. Didn't I say? Didn't I say there was an earlier movie? Well, yeah, we, we talked about it. I said it was a made-for-TV movie. Was it? Sort of. It was... A TV show from the late 70s. Well, I know the TV show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a TV show from the late 70s, right? And it got canceled. So they're like, we're not done milking this shit yet. So what they did, they took a bunch of episodes, cut them together into three movies, and released all three of them theatrically. Really? Yes. So it was a TV <laughs> movie that happened to get released in theaters. So
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we were t- kind of both right on that.
1: Yeah. And I didn't know I, I knew that I knew that the movies existed, but I didn't realize that's what they were.
0: <laughs> that is new information to me. I, w- I was not aware
1: of that. And they're all on YouTube, by the way. So go check that shit out because I'm
0: a little curious. Yeah,
1: you won't be disappointed,
0: but you might be disappointed by Visioneers. Again, if you're going in expecting a <laughs> yes. rollick, a, 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 a raunchy Zach Galifianakis comedy.
1: And I didn't know what to expect because you know what I did not do?
0: Any research? Yeah.
1: No, I looked at the, I think the synopsis was like, you know, people are exploding and, and I'm like, oh, well I'm done now. I don't want to read anymore because I want to be surprised. That's a fun concept. Let's do it. I understand why people don't like this movie. (laughs) This is one of those movies. I I get it. Yeah. This is one of those movies where I'm like, I'm not going to shit talk all the people that do let leave the bad reviews.
0: No, no.
1: Because some of them are just some of them. Obviously this movie is just not for them and that's okay.
0: That's completely fair. Again, I'm going to blame the marketing department who was like from the star of the hangover. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, y- you are you have set out a mating call to the wrong fucking species with that at ad- with that marketing. I'm on
1: sorry. the on the front of the DVD it says uh office space meets Napoleon Dynamite. Much closer. Closer, but not quite there.
0: No, it it's it's a lot darker than either of those shows. Maybe maybe the original office the Ricky Gervais version, the mean one.
1: <laughs> it is pretty funny until it's not though.
0: Yeah. It, I, I think it's very funny throughout. Um, but like in an but awkward in the end, way, it, in the end, it gets very, it gets very serious. Like things just sort of start to spiral out of control and it almost like there's a scene there where he picks up a knife and you're like, wait a minute, is this <laughs> is this going the direction that it looks like it's going now? It doesn't, which I think is for the best. I, I, I feel like that would have been a, a horrible wrong turn for the movie. But at the same time, I don't know how I feel about that ending either.
1: It does just kind of end, doesn't it?
0: Well, to start with the ending, it ends with him hooking up with the girl from level four. The goob. Yeah, the goob from level four uh, charisma. And and he... he He's, he's sort of fallen in love with her without ever meeting her. And, and in the end, they do get together, and it is sort of happy. And I guess that's the reason I don't buy it, because this movie really spoke to me as a depressed person. Like, I've never felt more seen by a movie <laughs> than I did while watching this movie the first time. Now, it doesn't apply to me where I'm at right now, but I saw this movie when I was about 30 years old. And at 30 years old, this movie is where I was at. I was in an unhappy marriage, in a job that I fucking hated and felt was (laughs) draining my soul. I basically, I I had an office crush that was exactly like that. Like, I literally, I literally cried the day she quit. You cry about everything,
1: though, so that's not surprising these days. No,
0: I I, I cry about things now a lot. I didn't back then.
1: You're like Kevin Smith. He just cries all the time. (laughs)
0: I cry way more now I'm, I'm, I'm getting more in touch with my feelings as I get older, but at 30, you know, 14 years ago, uh, and this movie's 15 years old this year. So I saw it, you know, 13 or 14 years ago. And yeah, at that time I was, I was even more emotionally repressed than I am now, if you can imagine that. But at the same time, I had that same hope that he has, which is like, he feels like his hope is being crushed throughout the whole movie. And that's the difference between where I am now and where I was then. I no longer feel like my hope is being crushed because I no longer have hope. <laughs> I no longer believe that there's some fairy tale out there that could make things better. I now believe that that's a lie that we're that we tell ourselves to try and survive through those dark days. And it did get me through those dark days. I will say that. That lie got me through those dark days. But uh, now, I'm I'm way more nihilistic, but I'm also way less depressed.
1: It it happens as as you get older, kids. Life fucking beats you down, and um you can you can take two approaches. You can explode, or you can do what Rocky says in Rocky Balboa. You know, it's not about how hard you can get, how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, because that's how winning <laughs> is done. And that shit, I. Would love to take that approach, but I'm a whole lot more like George Washington Winster Hammerman. <laughs> great name, by the way.
0: Yes, uh, that is that is a great comedic name. You know, the other the other podcast I heard that was talking, I, I did listen to it. It was only a 27 minute podcast. I, I would plug them here if I could remember the title of the podcast. Oh, off we're going to we're going to talk the
1: shit out of them. We're going to fucking we're going to do we're going to record way longer than that.
0: But uh, You know us at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no chance in hell we're keeping it under <laughs> a half an hour. But they, they actually mentioned that they thought this would make a good back-to-back watch with uh, Galifianakis' show, Baskets. And I agree. Oh, I, you
1: told me about that, and I, I forgot about it, but yeah. I'm,
0: if you have not watched Baskets and you enjoyed this movie, go watch Baskets, because Baskets, it's not quite as... Depressed as this movie is, but it is a similarly cynical sense of humor.
1: This movie's like office space for people that don't like fun.
0: <laughs> uh, this is definitely a far more depressed and less cathartic office space, yes.
1: So, I mean, like, the, the general conceit is that these people are also stressed out, and there's a new epidemic of people fucking exploding, and nobody knows why exactly.
0: People are just exploding. Yep. The (laughs) metaphor is kind of on the nose, you know, just
1: a little. That's a lot of criticisms people had in the with the negative reviews. I'm like, yeah, well,
0: yeah, you're not like, what do you want? I don't know. It's not a genius metaphor or anything. And, And the movie's not particularly deep, but I think it just it knows what it wants to do and it does it and it does it well. That's yes. what, that's what I'll say for this movie. And I, and I will echo what they said on that other podcast, which is that is, it is a simplistically told story that in that it's told with a very simple film language, it's told, it's a very simply framed story. You know, the metaphor is pretty on the nose. It's not, it's not, there's not seven layers of depth that you have to permeate in order to understand what this movie is about, but that's Okay. Because it's a good story. It's engaging from start to finish. At least it was for me. If this is your type of movie, I think you will find it engaging start to finish. And at the end, even though I disagree a little bit with the ending, I think the ending is a little unrealistically happy. Like, if I were if I were writing and directing this same story, he doesn't get the girl in the end.
1: It's a little 1984-ish for me. Like, you, you know how Winston you know, starts fucking that chick. And then that's because That kind of opens his mind to all these thought crimes and all that shit. And that's kind of what ultimately leads to his downfall.
0: Well, but you see, I would go more 1984 with it in that, in the end, he comes to love big brother because they don't want to kill him. They want to break his mind. They want to break his will and bring him around. That's the goal of big brother. It's well, not to yeah. kill.
1: Yeah. Don't they, don't they like shoot people in the back of the head though? All throughout that book?
0: Yes. But, that's just the people who who they can't control. If if you, if they can control you, they want to control you. And and I think that this universe uh, uh the universe of visioneers is similar in that respect. They don't want people to explode. They want to control the exploders so that they can get more productivity out of them. No We question. read books and stuff, guys. We're smart. <laughs> but yeah, I would have gone darker with it in the end, and that. But that's the only thing I objected to, and and you're gonna see that ending coming a mile off. <laughs> oh yeah, well Cause, yeah, because like, yeah, like I said, this isn't a complex story, but yeah. it's well told. It is one of those things that could go either way, but you pro- you know it's probably gonna go. It could, and, yeah. and and it's not like it feels disingenuous. It's just it's just not the direction I would have taken it because that's not my experience
1: on my second watch, especially. I'm watching it. And with the way I'm feeling right now about, not my relationship. My relationship's real good. We're all happy and shit. So that part, that part is whatever, but the job, you guys hear me bitch about my job constantly when he's sitting there getting calls from this faceless person who he does. He does like, so it's not until Cindy takes over that position, (laughs) Um, Cindy. Oh my God. Be busy. Be busy. I hate that. (laughs) I have notes. I have, I have notes detailing the movie like we always do. We'll, we'll start doing that. Oh my God. But I just, I I feel, I feel this.
0: I love the way Faye Masterson played Cindy. I thought she was absolutely perfect. Just in that completely humorless office buy-in office culture buy-in.
1: Oh yes. Worker. thing and then you're you have george over here who doesn't really want to be there but he doesn't not want to be there but he like he chose to be there because his family's rich as shit and he inherited a boat and a giant
0: mansion and shit george definitely is trying to buy into the culture george is kind of doing what i would what i would like to do like as i was watching this movie the most recent time all i could think was fuck i would i miss being in a cult I do. <laughs> it's just, it makes life easier. You you're just know what to think. Yep. You have vision. You have a belief in the future. You have hope. You have a certainty that you're on the side of right and good. And even if it's bullshit, it's bullshit. You believe. And you don't know that you don't think it's yeah. bullshit. You're fucking right along for the ride. You're yep. convinced that you're totally on the right side of history. You're totally standing up for the oppressed and against injustice, you know and 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 I miss that feeling and that's <laughs> what that's what Cindy represents. like she represents it in like a joyless way where like she has completely bought into the office culture. she has she like when when the new guy comes in and he's <laughs> eating at his desk, like you can see you can see like the cogs turning behind her eyes and she's just like she's that <laughs> one who's got to go to the boss. And report that the guy's eat the guy's sitting seven feet away from the boss. The boss can see <laughs> yes. what he's doing. Yes. And she's gotta go report oh my God. him. I fucking hate her <laughs> so bad. And she's so perfect. She's so perfect. Yeah. And I, and Faye Masterson is just great. I don't know if you've seen The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera.
1: I don't, I haven't, but I that has been on my list for like ever.
0: Excellent. Excellent. And she's she's part of the troupe that put that did that movie uh they they've done a couple of other movies too definitely recommend watching those if you get the chance yeah just oh what an office nightmare i'm so glad <laughs> I'm so glad I don't work with anybody like that right now but you have you have i have oh, oh yeah. i one hundred percent have even, even in with, my
1: job working in a warehouse there's always mm-hmm. the, that handful of people that are like the the people above us just know all <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like they know dick <laughs> they can fuck right off with like 90% of the shit that they're trying to get us to do.
0: The Mr. Jeffords worship, the, the scene where the scene (laughs) where they call down and and, and it's like, Mr. Jeffords appreciates your help. And she's like the real Mr. Jeffords, Mr. Jeffords himself, Mr. Jeffords
1: himself. Yeah. Oh, Uh, by
0: the way, for the listener, if you haven't watched this, this is one of those ones. I definitely recommend going and watching it before listening to this. But if that doesn't bother you, uh, and you just want to get caught up to speed. Uh, they work for Jeffords Industries, which is run by a very handsome, charismatic leader named Mr. Jeffords. <laughs> and uh, the <laughs> the the corporate slogan, uh, the corporate greeting, is a middle finger. <laughs> that that is the corporate logo. The corporate logo is a giant middle finger. And the opening scene. This is why I love this movie right off the bat. Like, I just like you, I basically read the same synopsis you read where it's like people are exploding and George has started to experience symptoms. Yep. That's it, that's all I read. And I went in and I watched it. The opening scene, we're in this office. This office is total 1984. This office, it, if you've watched any dystopian sci fi fiction, this office is like. If that invaded the modern world.
1: Oh, it's weird. And they're all like facing each other and shit. They're like in this circle. It's weird.
0: It's, it's a really upsetting office design. Really well done. I think, I I think the production design on this movie for what the budget was, which was almost nothing. Like, I think, I think they made this for like under a hundred thousand dollars or something.
1: Wow, okay, that's even less I, than I thought.
0: I might be wrong. I don't know. Uh, you might want to check IMDb for that, but I think they made it... I think I heard that they made this for under 100000 But But uh, it's this. It, it's sterile, but feels authentic. Like, it doesn't feel like it's just a set. It it actually feels like a place where these people's souls are being sucked out of them on a daily basis. So this room slowly lights up as Zach Galifianakis is turning on the lights. He's clearly the first person into the office. He walks up to... A poster of Mr. Jeffords, who is very obviously the leader of this organization, just by the pose and the look of him in this picture. He walks up to it, just total blank, soul is being crushed out of him. (laughs) He wants to die, but he he can't bring himself to pull the trigger. Look in his eyes as he walks up to the poster (laughs) of Mr. Jeffords, holds up a middle finger at it hard, like like the hard middle finger. Not that kind of sly one, you know, with like, with like your first knuckles bent no no this one goes all the way down to the fist that middle finger is standing out like a fucking politician on a stage and it just points that sucker right at him is like jefford's morning to you mr jeffords because that's their greeting is jefford's morning jefford's morning this company really thinks very highly of itself (laughs) it's fantastic i i the first time I watched this, I laughed so hard at that. I had to rewind it and rewatch the rest of the scene.
1: Well, yeah, it's okay. Okay. So let's, let's, let's meet a couple other people in this opening scene. Cause there's a, there's another guy who I, I want to be George. And part of me is, but I'm Todd. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, I no, I, the, well, the thing that upsets me the most is if I'm any of these characters, I'm probably the replacement guy. You're Mike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like as soon as he, when he rolls into the room later on for the first time, man, he is fucking creeping and I, and he is just so fucking happy to be there. Oh my oh, God. Man. he He's, he's such a fucking creep like right <laughs> off the bat. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I definitely feel like this guy sometimes.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, but Todd, Todd gets in there and he's this kind of fat, not jolly looking guy. He's, he's oh, lo- no. he looks depressed. No,
0: he is wearing the weight like a goddamn lead vest. <laughs>
1: And he sits down, and the very first thing you see him do is put a fucking revolver to his head and just take a deep breath, and he pulls the trigger, and then the breath comes out. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> just happened? <laughs> and, and like, later he says, like, my therapist or whoever said that if I don't do that every hour, I might explode. <laughs>
0: yep. And if you'll if you'll notice oh, when man. he does blow, it's 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 when they have the teddy bears, right? Yes. And, and he sits down at oh, his God. desk and he pulls out the revolver and he puts it to his head, and then the announcement comes on about the teddy bears, and he doesn't pull the trigger. He sets the gun down <laughs> on his desk instead and goes and picks up one of the teddy bears. And the teddy bears are the perfect example of the fucking. <laughs> office comfort strategy yeah. did i tell you about when no when, you, when whatever it is you didn't <laughs> well when my company oh, when no. my company shut down my entire department right our company got sold to uh this is when i was I was working for pamel it's it, it's a local lab used to be a local lab they got sold to LabCorp, big national lab the first thing they did that i was immediately suspicious of because they they came in and they were like don't worry. Our intention is not to is that nobody will lose their jobs. Our hope is that we're able to keep every you know like but always hedging it with our hope and our intention, never saying you're not going to lose your jobs. So that right there red flag number 1. Red flag number 2, they got a really nice fucking coffee machine for us. Like really nice. Like the kind that comes with the flavor packs and shit. And you put the, but the shit and it was, it was industrial, right? Like you put the flavor pack in, they didn't charge us for the flavor packs or anything. They're free. They had, they Fancy. had a huge, a huge drawer packed with them, right? Like hundreds <laughs> of these fucking things. And it made good goddamn coffee. As soon as I had my first coffee out of that, I was like, we're fucked. <laughs> so what, what led you to that?
1: conclusion though exactly the
0: final the final straw the moment i knew everybody was losing their jobs and i told them this i i started telling everybody this that day (laughs) they started putting up signs around the office that said things like tomorrow could be the best day of your life there's still there's still a chance that you haven't hit your peak yet and they started putting all these signs with shit like that you know all these "please don't kill yourself" signs, <laughs> all around the office, and I was like, and I, I, I just went up to my coworkers. because I was like, you, you know this means we're all getting fired, right? Like, like every single person in this office is getting laid off. <laughs> Nobody's surviving. They don't, they don't go this hard to try and make you not kill yourself if they're not firing everybody. <laughs> don't kill yourself signs. <laughs> That's oh. what they were. They fucking screamed it. It
1: was embarrassing. <laughs> I that's not funny, like in the slightest. But it's so fucking funny. Like it's, <laughs> that's
0: what I was talking about. I was talking with my friend Serenity uh, the other day. Is like, it's like you can't use you you can't use suicide humor around people who who haven't been suicidal because they don't understand they they don't understand that the reason uh. you use suicide humor is because it helps you get through it.
1: <laughs> yes, and what okay what the fuck that's i'm not gonna stop i can't stop laughing at that oh my god it's funny um so also what you have and this this goes this goes to like everybody all week long going you know it starts at monday it's like oh it's monday it'll be all right and it's tuesday not monday anymore it's cool it's Wednesday. Oh, dude. Two more days till the weekend. <laughs> oh, it's Thursday. Oh, dude. But uh, and, and I'm in a bad mood all the time anyways. And then they're like, but tomorrow's Friday. And I'm like, mm. and then it's Friday. Right. And it's eight in the morning. And I just get there. And they're like, at least it's Friday. I'm like, dude, we still have eight fucking more hours. It's not Friday yet. I always say it's not Friday enough. <laughs>
0: But yes, that you know what? That's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel Friday morning when I roll in and and, and all the all the gifts start popping into the team chat because I you know I, I work from home and I'm I'm on that kind uh. of a team. Now the one that pisses me off the most is the is on Thursday when I get and this this comes in every week, not always from the same person. I'm not gonna but like it every week. I'm gonna hate this. You say Thursday. <laughs> we say friday eve Ugh. and i just want to kick my computer across my goddamn kitchen <laughs> just like you you go fuck yourself with friday eve oh, God. and i feel so bad saying that too because the people i work i really do love the people i work with they are sweet sweet people and they are very helpful and kind and i hate to shit on them because because i don't work with anybody who's like cindy right I don't work with any shitty people like that and I'm very very lucky not to work with them but it drives me up the fucking (laughs) wall when I see that gif on Thursday
1: toxic positivity is also a problem (laughs) and I hate it and Uh. I go too far in the other direction I will 100% admit that I could I could definitely no I don't want to and then you have like one kid he's like have you ever tried just like you know being happy and like faking it. And then eventually you might just
0: like be happy. And I'm like, what lie to myself until I'm not sad anymore. (laughs) Did I tell you about the time? uh, I probably mentioned this before on the podcast. I was, I was at this dude's house. He was a friend of my dad's and, uh, his wife was a severe diabetic, severe, like had lost a leg already. Very sweet lady. Loved her. Uh, grew up with her. She was, she was very kind, very sweet to me my whole life. And, not sweet in that in that condescending way but sweet in a genuinely sweet way where where she'd talk shit but then at the same time she she'd be really really nice to you you know and 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 just be there and support you when you needed her right so like I, I love this lady i'm not trying to shit on her at all and i was opening up which i i did not do a lot back then i was opening up about my depression to them at a, at, at the table and he goes well have you ever tried just being happy or no, have you ever tried just not being depressed? And it took everything in me to not say, hey, <laughs> did not turn to his wife and go, hey, that's a great idea. Have you ever tried not being diabetic? <laughs> you tried growing your leg back. <laughs> I didn't say it, but it took a lot. And I had to leave right then. I got so pissed off. I was just like, you know, I got to go.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, And actually, there's a point in this movie where it boils down to somebody just saying, be happy. But it doesn't. It's it's, it's so in more words than that. Like Just be happy. Have you ever tried just being happy? I want to bitch slap him. He said he says that to me all the time. And I'm like, no, because I'm not a fucking liar. I don't understand how to. So the best thing about this movie, by the way, is that it's opening up these conversations that aren't tech- or that aren't necessarily about the movie, but but it's all in there. It's in the movie. Oh yeah, all this yeah. stuff is in the movie. The point that I was getting to about the weekend and the F- almost Friday thing is that every minute or so, there's a voice on the intercom <laughs> in, in this in this movie that says thirteen hundred hour or no like
0: this many minutes of productivity before the weekend i actually thought (laughs) it opened on a monday and so i was very confused because i did the math and at the start of the first day that we watched the movie it says there are 1200 minutes of productivity left until the weekend and 1200 minutes is is 20 work hours oh so do they only work no i think they work 10 a day
1: oh 10 nope i'm like Wait, 20 hours. That's, you still have four hours of sleep. They, they work all day. Nope. My, my brain just shut down for like a second. So just forget I said that. No. Yeah. I,
0: (laughs) I I think what it is is I think that they work 10 a day. And so it was basically two work days because if they only, if they worked 40 hours a week, it would top out on Monday at 2,400 minutes. Okay. But but
1: it's 36, right? Exactly. It's
0: 3,600 minutes when they start their work week.
1: Oh, yep.
0: So I think they do 10 a day. Yeah. That sounds awful.
1: I would be depressed, too. I would be taught it'd have to be every five minutes of me pulling that fucking trigger.
0: <laughs> and every minute this thing,
1: every times. minute and that <laughs> that's what it fucking feels like. I hate that. It's almost a week. Uh, and, and then there's also well, he gets a call from, I think chari- he gets a call
0: from charisma, right? At the beginning of the movie, he gets a call from charisma every morning.
1: That's good because he likes charisma and they seem to have a good rapport with one another. And she calls and says she tells him that their coworker whose name i can't remember uh he exploded so he won't be joining us today is her is her wording i think
0: yeah it's whoever sits in the middle desk between uh Cindy and Todd yeah and so there's, there's four desks in the off in in their little branch of the office
1: yeah so he exploded and then she she calls back a couple times during this first scene when then she's she's like oh these forms and blah 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 and then they get a little Like, you know, that thing when you go to the post office, it like shoots down this tube. Yeah. And hers, her stuff always has a smiley face on it, which makes it when, when Cindy takes over, it makes that, that part sting a lot more because I also get that a lot at work.
0: Oh yeah. Instead, instead of the, instead of the daily smiley face, which Galifianakis does a really good job. I, I don't think at least at this time he was being appreciated enough as an actor. No, I was going to say he's really, I he's think tapping into yeah. it. Like he, he's, he's, he's given us some real stuff and, uh, you can see his spirits just go up when charisma, when he hears charisma's voice on the phone. And when he gets that smiley yep. face, you can just see it. Like it lights something up inside of him. So when he gets, when he gets that fucking note from Cindy that says, be productive or be busy, be busy, or, be busy. There you go. It's just, it's like a fucking knife. Be
1: busy. Okay, so you work in a place. You work in a restaurant. You work in a warehouse, like I do. You work some place where sometimes there's not a lot going on, and you're kind of wandering around. You're doing a couple yeah, things here downtime. and there, and then you you stopped for like a minute to just kind of lean on something real quick, and then
0: a manager comes by and goes, "Stay busy." Oh, I I was afraid it was going to be the old classic. If you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean. <laughs> Nobody's ever actually said that to me. <laughs> but it's the same idea. Well, at
1: least if you got time to lean, you got time to clean gives you a direct path to doing something. That's true. It's not That's it's true. not stay busy. I'm like, "Doing what? You're my manager. You're supposed to manage me. <laughs> manage me. Tell me how I'm supposed to stay busy right now."
0: yeah it's it's true be busy is like the worst because be busy is basically telling you to do the equivalent of what i do whenever i gotta take a shit break or something so i can appear to be more productive if i take a shit break i hope my boss doesn't listen to this but but i do good work okay when i'm working i do good work but when i take a shit break i take a shit break right like i'm i'm there until i feel cleansed right
1: yes um fair enough and, and, and it should.
0: And it goes a bit, right? <laughs> like at my age, that's not a speedy, oh, you know, five-minute process. <laughs> so what I do in order to appear more busy than I am is I take a pen, I set it on top of the – or I open a spreadsheet, a fresh spreadsheet. I, pr- <laughs> I set a pen on top of the down key on my keyboard, and then I lay – my wrist rest over the pen so it holds the down key down and now it's just scrolling through this spreadsheet endlessly because Excel will do that to infinity and now it looks to a bot like I'm working constantly while I'm taking a shit <laughs> it's and work. that's what they're telling you to do effectively
1: yes and I'm like what so I just walk around with my little scanner and just like beep <laughs>
0: Just making sure they hear that beep every every 60 seconds or something. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> I hate that so much. It's so fucking stupid.
1: I'm like, either give me something to do or leave me the hell alone.
0: I will say that in my boss's favor. Again, I'm very lucky right now. I am. I'm happy my for My boss you. fucking hates micromanaging. She hates it. She's like, you're good at your job. Until you're not good at your job, I'm going to just let you do it. That would be nice because I know my job better than the people telling me how to do my job. I love this woman. I will kill for her. Seriously.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm glad. I'm glad I would. I'm not going to say I would murder them, but I would, you know, if they were like on fire.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, let's see where this goes. <laughs>
1: I'm not entirely sure how I would react to that. <laughs> like, I'd probably put them out eventually.
0: But you want to ride the line of like, okay, well, what's going to keep them out of the office for the longest? <laughs> yeah. We should talk about George's wife. Yeah, no, she definitely needs to be discussed. Uh, Played by the amazing Judy Greer who I'm in love with.
1: Judy Greer before anybody really gave a shit, right? She no, was No,
0: um I mean she her her breakout role was in Jawbreaker, and that was in the '90s. That oh, really? Was, that was ten years before. This.
1: I've never seen Jawbreaker. You know, the first time I ever saw her, the least that I remember was in that Mel Gibson movie, What Women Want.
0: I think she's terrific. She's in the new. Uh, she she's in the new Halloween franchise. Oh yeah,
1: no, I love Judy Greer. She's great, and yeah. she's in that movie with Billy Joe Armstrong. You know, from Green Day, Ordinary World, which is I
0: was not aware Billy Joe <laughs> Armstrong was in a movie, but you know what? Now that you say it, I think you've mentioned it before.
1: I probably have a surprisingly
0: decent actor in that movie, and she it is she the, the second secondary lead? No,
1: no, she's, she's a side character. She comes in, she does something kind of important and then she's gone.
0: I remember reading an interview with her back in the nineties where she basically said that she's like, I'll never be the lead in a movie. I'm always going to be, she's like, I just feel (laughs) like I'm, I fit in as the best friend. And I'm like, okay, but I don't know. Like I, after I, I watched jawbreaker and I thought I felt she could be the lead in a movie. Yeah, no, she should be. I thought she was terrific in that. And, uh, I, I, I'm down to watch whatever she's in and she's terrific in this movie. She is.
1: She's in Arrested Development also. As <laughs> she's a, so fucking. Oh my as like the, God. The, that's the crooked right. boob
0: lady. Or yes. Whatever. She is so goddamn funny in that. Uh, Everybody's hilarious in Arrested
1: Development. Oh, and, and speaking of, she was in, she was in something and the employees, the level three employees at the Jefferson corporation are called tunts. Yes. And apparently her last name was Tunt in something that she did prior to this. Archer. That's right. An
0: Archer. Which I've only watched a couple of episodes of, but yes, I I did see that. That is one of two items in the IMDb trivia page.
1: Archer is funny as shit. I really liked Archer and I need to watch more.
0: I just remember the ants line because that's pretty iconic at this point. Do you want ants? Oh that's yeah, how that's how ants. you get ants. <laughs> um,
1: oh, before we jump to his wife, I made a note about something. They're they're gonna get a new employee to replace the guy who exploded. And Todd is like, "Is it a girl?" And they're like, "I don't know." Shut up. Uh, but then somebody gets on the. Yeah, okay, relating the... to Todd more as the movie goes on <laughs> a little bit, uh, and somebody gets on the intercom and goes, "Please remain productive while we deal with like a situation in the building or something." And oh yeah, it's
0: a situation on level four, I think.
1: Yeah, and then, and then off screen you hear somebody going like ah, 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 and then explode. <laughs> and they they all hear it and they just kind of have to sit there and keep doing whatever it is they're doing.
0: <laughs> and that's after that is when they get the call and he's like, uh, "Mr. Jeffords, thanks you for remaining productive." <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Then we then we go home. Then we go home to George Washington Westerhammerman's house.
0: Winsterhammerman. Winsterhammerman. I thought it was Westerhammerman. Until this watching,
1: actually. Oh, okay. oh, shit! It's a that's quite a name. I do love the name.
0: It is. It's fantastic.
1: Missy Pyle is a TV host
0: named Sarah. Yes, uh, and she is fantastic in this too. God, everybody's so good in this for what they're you know for what they're doing. There's some cheesy acting and and some over the top choices, but I don't feel like any <laughs> of them are wrong. No,
1: no, I'm 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 into pretty much all of it. It does have that Napoleon Dynamite feel to it.
0: A little bit. A little bit. But Miss, Missy Pyle, of course, who uh, you were probably introduced to by Galaxy Quest.
1: Ye, something fucked up. I think I saw Dodgeball before I saw Galaxy Quest.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. I know you've. You, I know you've invoked Galaxy Quest before. Galaxy Quest is a an actual good movie. Where Dodgeball is a funny,
1: kind of <laughs> stupid movie. I
0: don't remember much. I mostly just remember the uh, the wrench scene.
1: <laughs> if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> I do
0: love Rip Torn. Even when he's Uh, terrible, he's pretty great.
1: You know what? Uh, That movie's pretty funny. Uh, I'll I'll give it to him. So she's this TV host, right? And she has this lady on on the show who wrote a book, 10,000 Ways to Be Happy or some shit. And this (laughs) is such an important piece of this movie that it actually causes people to fucking go a little crazy. Is this where they talk about the butter?
0: Yes. Uh, George went out and he... He heard a fried chicken on the radio on the way home. And so, of course, he walks in the door with fried chicken. Advertising Um, is such a big part of this movie. It Um,
1: is. Uh, Oh, and then, yeah, Swedish butter is is good for vaginal lubricant,
0: among other things, apparently. I love how Sarah says, only vaginal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) Like she gets this mischievous look in her eye like, aren't I naughty? They have a son, I think. His name's Howard. Allegedly. You know, I actually thought on this viewing, what if there actually isn't a son? They just made him up. What if it's just like some kind of shared delusion? What if their son exploded and they're choosing not to recognize that fact? Well, and she never mentions him, does she? You never see him. No, no, she does mention him. She mentions him. She mentions him that night, the very first night. She says he never came out of his room. Oh,
1: that's right. That's right. Yep.
0: But he never responds. He never does anything. You never see him. And then eventually, when George finally, or George sees his bedroom window open and goes in, he doesn't find, he finds a note, but it's not like a, it's not like a goodbye goodbye note or anything. It's just a poem. So I actually had that thought this time. I was like, I wonder if the sun is entirely in their heads. This movie's weird. Now it's kind of making me sad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's... It's a movie about depression like it really is it, it it's about the sort of societal depression that we're all experiencing to a degree right now.
1: This movie came out in 2008 when the when the when that first recession not the first recession you guys know what I mean when that the first 21st
0: century recession the housing really, crisis yeah the yeah.
1: housing crisis and it was like really in full swing and everything sucked
0: well I mean the funny thing is I think this actually came out. I think this was. I, I mean, this would have been made before the recession really hammered in, well,
1: yeah, like so when when like... everybody
0: was still like, "Well, are we going to have a recession? Are <laughs> we not?" The housing crisis hadn't. It was certainly a thing that was being discussed by people, but it hadn't gone full full tilt yet. You know, like like we hadn't had the the uh, market collapse yet.
1: But it was it was looming. Yeah, for sure. It was
0: de- it, there were there were some knowledgeable people. I mean, The Big Short basically, you know, is all about. The, the period leading up to that, if you want to watch that for context, folks.
1: Oh yeah, and and here we are watching this movie in 2023, and it's the same shit. <laughs> things haven't improved at Nothing all. Nothing has changed.
0: We're all <laughs> slaves to these corporations, and we all work these shitty jobs <sighs> that we hate. That's the funny thing. After the after the after the Great Depression and World War II, there was a New Deal, you know, and like shit picked up for a minute because they tried to fix it with socialism by the way <laughs> that's what they did they tried to fix it with socialism and guess what it worked for a while
1: until everybody stopped started hating socialism again and then, they're just, then yeah, they just they ba- took it
0: away well i mean they they jumped on the hating socialism train but they kept a lot of the socialist practices in place you know like it like social security was you know born out of that and and all these public works programs and stuff were born out of that and that's what helped the economy recover you know
1: what a concept helping <laughs> like, people out and making sure they're not flat fucking broke all the time helps the economy. Like, Crazy, yeah, it's right.
0: It, it's almost like and, and keeping in mind at that time, the tax on the ultra wealthy was something like 75 or 80 percent. Good. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it's almost like taxing the rich and and creating social programs that put money in the pockets of consumers helps the economy recover.
1: That's crazy talk.
0: I know. It's wild. You need right? to find
1: bootstraps and pull yourself up by them.
0: <laughs> and that doesn't even make any sense. That's the problem. I'm not wearing boots anymore. I'm, I'm wearing Fuck. Skechers. You can't pull yourself up by Skechers straps. There's only one strap.
1: Damn it. You know what? I don't know. We're America's a third world country and... We can move on now. We got some major problems right now. They they do their thing. They eat dinner. She puts butter on fucking everything. The already greasy as shit fried chicken. <laughs> just, everything. Just
0: a shitload of butter, too. Like, it's not even subtle. It's so much butter.
1: And then in they go to bed and she continues. She's, oh, I've read I, this. Oh, oh, she hasn't gotten the book yet. She tells him at dinner that she wants to get a book. And he's like, oh, that sounds fun because he's all supportive and shit. Because I think he likes her.
0: Yeah, I mean he he likes. Her. I don't think he's happy in their marriage, but I think you know it's like one of those things where like you try to you're trying to support each other because you care. You just maybe don't want to be married anymore. <laughs>
1: well, that's that's realistic. Uh, and
0: neither does she. To be clear. Oh <laughs> no, fuck no. She doesn't want to be married to him any more than he wants to be married to her.
1: Less probably.
0: Probably yeah. Uh
1: yeah, so she she keeps on talking about butter all th- like when they go to bed. Like we could put butter on this and this, and we could have butternuts, but but butter, whatever, but corn on the cob, corn. Like Jesus, he's just
0: like, uh huh, Uh -huh, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And he's gonna watch TV, and she's she doesn't like stimulus while she's asleep, but she wants him to hum anyways because she she (laughs) she can hear. Make sure the TV's turned down, but I can still hear the electricity or whatever flowing. Uh, He does turn on the TV and see, and flips it to the news while he's eating ice cream or something out of a thing i'm not entirely sure what he's eating yeah no it's but, ice cream
0: out of like a plastic okay. tub yeah sort of uh, european style a little bit i i, I don't know if, if that's something they do in grocery stores here but i, I definitely saw it a lot ugh. when i was living in europe
1: wow well, man i'm not a fatty i don't eat ice cream that's not true i eat a lot of ice cream but and i you am are a fatty. fatty yeah what the fuck man the death toll from explosion
0: specifically has reached a hundred thousand at this point point. and then he watched it He watches it and it ticks over a hundred (laughs) thousand one.
1: Does it? I didn't even see that part. Um, And then (laughs) the victims suffer from dreams. There's a lot of talk about this is another thing. They don't want you to think about ways to improve yourself. No, no. In the movie and in real life.
0: They don't want you to have aspirations. The, the, The goal stated very clearly at one point. The goal is to eliminate dreams and aspirations and have everybody <laughs> yeah, fit it like a cog into a great machine. And the ultimate goal is the death of the individual. So now she's like, are you going to go to the
1: doctor? Because he's he's kind of worried. you know. She's like, are you going to explode? Uh, he's like, nobody's going to explode. But he's got to go to the doctor. And they make him do all sorts of weird shit, like turn around and look in all different ways and smile. And, and he smiles with half of his face. It's real weird.
0: Okay, this is where I get to bring something that I have not seen anybody mentioned oh, okay Do anywhere it. the doctor this this makes me think that this movie was filmed in or at least in the vicinity of seattle because the doctor is a fellow named john keister john Keester was the host and star of a show a seattle show that i grew up on called almost live now i don't know if you're familiar with almost live but almost live gave us two celebrities that i know you know and i know that everybody, who, everybody in probably the world knows at least one of those celebrities. The later, less famous one that Almost Live gave us was Joel McHale from Community. The one that literally everybody knows got his start on Almost Live, a little, ma- a little gentleman named Bill Nye the Science Guy. Okay,
1: <laughs> I was just looking at his IMDb, and he uh, he is in Bill Nye the Science Guy. He plays Todd Diverse. And Bill also, Nye
0: got his start on Almost Live. Before he was Bill Nye the Science Guy, he was a cast member on Almost Live, which is basically like a Seattle version of Saturday Night Live. But I believe it aired on Fridays. That's cool.
1: I'm into it. And uh, just, just so we're clear, that doctor's name is Dr. Knob, and that makes me happy. <laughs> that's right. I forgot <laughs> that. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. So so basically this whole thing set sets up. They're really they're really even the doctors are like we you shouldn't dream. Basically, Uh, he says passive men apparently don't suffer from dreams. They don't suffer. That is something they say. You suffer yeah. from dreams.
0: I like the way he, the way he phrased a lot of it. He's like, well, you seem like a good guy. You're pretty well adjusted. You want to fit in. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> You're very passive, which is good.
1: Judging by the blank look <laughs> on your face, you shouldn't be intelligent at all or, or you seem to be of average intelligence yeah, or some
0: shit. Yeah, average intelligence. Uh, dreams are bad because they make you want stuff, basically. <laughs> but dreams are never real. Like I said, the metaphor of this movie is not
1: It's not subtle in the slightest either. And I'm okay with that because sometimes you just
0: need satire that slaps you in the face. It's like a less slapsticky version of idiocracy.
1: George gets home from the doctor and his wife has this book, The 10,000 Ways to Be Happy. And she greets him, but in the most awkward way, she's like, hey, how was it? And she like robotically puts her hand on his arm and he goes, uh... (laughs) Because he reacts a little, she's like, "Oh, it's in the book."
0: That's what you want from your wife. (laughs) Yeah, the book recommended (laughs) recommended physical contact.
1: And uh, they they got matching robes, so you know that's something. I guess she's trying a little bit.
0: Uh, Still no Howard, of course. There will never be a Howard.
1: (laughs) He's watching TV again at night, eating the ice cream, and it's going through all these symptoms of people that have exploded: anxiety, depression, whatever, all that stuff. And I wrote down my next note: is I would definitely explode because I have all those things. (laughs)
0: Yeah, um, I, I think most of the people on Earth, whether they like to admit it or are not, are going to listen to this podcast. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Mac Luster.
0: Oh, fuck Mac Luster. <laughs> this is the moment I knew that I loved this movie. Like I cracked up at the good morning, Mr. Jeffords middle finger, but <laughs> Max Luster was the moment I was like, this movie might be genius.
1: Mac Luster. He is a TV character who wants to save the world from the explosion epidemic i think is how the show is being portrayed
0: (laughs) he's an 80s action hero who drives a minivan (laughs) tortures old ladies
1: yeah he's really mean he's 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 a great hero
0: plays what appears to be pickleball while firing an uzi it's amazing it's amazing i want to watch the max luster show or mac luster me too. I would watch it. Yes. Holy shit. In a minute. And
1: there's this big talk of sex in, the, in, in this movie. Sex, by the way. Be careful, guys. If you can't get it up and if it's hard for you to have sex, you're going to have a, you're probably going to end up exploding at some point. Yep. So she, uh, Michelle is her name. Michelle is his wife's name, by the way. Michelle has decided she's going to try and get it, help him get it up a little bit. She went to <laughs> the sex. She said she bought some AIDS. That's right. Sorry, I'm Where stuttering Where did she now. say
0: she got him at? It, it, was, it was funny. Oh, I wrote it down. Okay. Oh,
1: you better believe it. The sex shop the that sex. she bought the stuff is called... I, no, no, no. It's called Didn't The she Crotch say, Stop. That's right. The Crotch Shop. Stop. The stop. Crotch Stop. Oh, scru-
0: Crotch Stop. I apologize. Uh,
1: she, she she bought a, uh, an inflatable sex doll and a giant dildo. <laughs> and The guy like,
0: at The Crotch Stop said these are his favorites
1: and they they lay in bed together and she says betty beaver's hungry
0: for a log <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've been there i've shared lines like that in bed but i can't stop <laughs> i can't stop from cracking up like uh, like when 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 my partner delivers a line like that <laughs> i'm going to laugh my ass off
1: uh, especially when they're earn like i i'd say shit like that because i'm being goofy i yeah that's not funny like no it's it's, not, mean, it's, it's not it's not funny. funny if
0: they're genuinely like trying to put themselves out there well, and they're not comfortable with it <laughs> but they're trying to do it for you and then you laugh and shatter their that's yeah their their self-esteem or or <laughs> or nerve or whatever like i feel bad it's happened to me but i can't get through dirty talk without laughing oh really at least not at this point i haven't experienced it enough oh. that i can get through it without laughing it oh. just it's too funny to me because I know
1: I I, I'm a connoisseur of some dirty talk, man. I, I, I got it down. Well,
0: you have, and you have a lot more experience than I do. Keep keep in mind. I've literally slept with five women in my life and two guys.
1: If they say shit, like Betty Beaver wants a log, (laughs) that's where it gets a little dicey, which
0: I do love. Okay. I love that. I would laugh happily at that line. I would love it. It would, it would, do, it would work for me, but I would laugh. <laughs> uh,
1: but it doesn't work for him because he just, he just can't, which I'm totally there. I totally get it. I'm on antidepressants. Shit happens. So it didn't work. So she's just like, I'm going to churn butter tomorrow. And he's like, that sounds fun. <laughs> uh, what are your plans for the weekend? And basically driving the fancy yacht that he inherited from his rich family and golfing. And then it sounds like we're going to get some narration, but we're not. Cause it's a training video that they're showing to the new guy at the office.
0: And it's. Just as bad as any orientation video you've ever had to watch.
1: Did you catch at the at the end of the video? Jeffers Jeffers Corporation doesn't support combustible activities or belief in dreams. Uh, the new guy looks a little off. He might be eating raw hamburger, and this is where Cindy comes in and like, "Hey, mother, well, that guy's being fucking weird." He's, I think, he's eating raw hamburger. I don't think it was raw,
0: but it did appear to be hamburger.
1: No, that's what she says though. She's like, "He's eating raw hamburger." She actually says that to the, uh, George.
0: Yeah, this this dude, like, he rolls in and. <laughs>
1: he he just he doesn't roll in yet
0: no that's right that's right he doesn't technically roll in he he comes in and just starts chewing the scenery like it's made out of bubble gum
1: i like it i'm into
0: it his name is mike yeah and he's you right i'm upset to think of how many times i've at how many times other people have thought i was mike because <laughs> I guarantee it's not been an infrequent occurrence.
1: Uh, we're there in the office. He gets another call from Charisma checking on the new tunt and seeing how the doctor went. And we get that voice this however many minutes until the weekend. <laughs> Every 60 seconds. Uh, and George gets. Ho- oh, God. George. When George gets home today, his, uh, Michelle's talking to some fucking Mormons or something. And they're like basically saying that the devil is making people explode. And, and she's like, it's number 700. It's in the book. Apparently you're supposed how to talk appro- to some how
0: appropriate, right? Number 700.
1: Oh, like the 700 club.
0: Well, that and, you know, just 7 being the magic oh, god yeah. number yep. and plus 700 club and these guys are these guys are straight out of it, man. And is this one is this one his brothers in the backyard pole vaulting?
1: Uh yes, but but <laughs> not before uh George goes up to Howard's door again and he's like, "Are you reading books on wolves?"
0: <laughs> I don't know what that means. But OK, I wonder how many of these lines Galifianakis just improved versus how many are actually in the script because I because like there's no commentary or anything like that to be able to tell. No, there's no fucking information anywhere. And that sounds like a Galifianakis improv like that. Same thing with the chaos thing. The chaos, because they all, because yeah. everybody in the movie says chaos. They don't say chaos, but I feel like Galifianakis improved that out of the script. Because <laughs> if you'll notice, whenever anybody but Galifianakis says it, they cut away from him. Except uh, do do they do they even cut away from the guy at the end? Yep. They don't show them saying chaos. So I'm thinking that Galifianakis said it in a late cut or something like that after they had already filmed a bunch of B-roll. And they were like, that's fucking hilarious. We're making this entire world say chaos.
1: And you and and you and I said that to you once or you something. And you're like, oh, you visioneers, you've seen it. I'm like, fuck, no, I've never seen it. I just <laughs> I just say chaos sometimes because when I was a kid, I was playing primal rage. And there's a character named chaos and I didn't know how to read <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I say chaos all the time. <laughs> Ever since I saw this movie, what what sealed it for me was when the dude when when uh, uh, Mac Luster <laughs> says, I'm just one man fighting against the chaos as he's, you know, like shooting a guy from the, the cover <laughs> of his minivan. And yeah, Julian is in the backyard now. Fucking he tells george about a who plays him i because i know him from something
1: he is
0: is he a fucking caradine he kind of looks like james legros james legros what what was he in drugstore cowboy i haven't seen drugstore cowboy i'm familiar i i'm aware of it but i haven't seen it. foxhole nope uh
1: blue bloods nope hunters season two oh, he's in hunters i don't know what season Black nope. Run, Castle Rock, Point Break. He's Roach in Point Break. Fuck, that's it. That's the one. He's Roach in Point Break. Uh, So he tells George about a dream where his penis was replaced by the Jefferson logo. Uh, He was a level five whatever. Jeffers. Jeffers. Is it Jeffers? It's Jeffers. It is Jeffers. Okay. The Jeffers logo. Thank you. Because he was a level five dude at the company and then he left. He, he yeah. Yeah, he,
0: he cracked and then he was like, I'm going back. To the basics, I'm going back to pole vaulting,
1: and I'm gonna live in your pool house. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I have <laughs> returned
0: to live in your pool house. Like he sets it like he's imparting some kind of epic revelation to it. It's fantastic.
1: This is this is Uncle Rico from uh you know from Napoleon Dynamite. That that's the random the ra- just because he kind of looks like Uncle Rico. That is
0: the role he's filling yeah. for sure. Yeah, there would definitely if 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 Howard were real there would be a strange uncle relationship between the two of them that would lead him down a path of hilarity. But I don't think Howard's real.
1: Then again, George is eating that creamy weirdness, which, which I guess is ice cream while he's watching this telethon to raise money and awareness for all the
0: explosions. (laughs) This fucking guy hosting, he's, he's so aggressively like almost violently
1: positive. Hate it he's faking it you can tell he's faking oh he's it. so
0: faking it it's upset it you know which of course comes around later but oh god it, it's it's aggressive you know what this guy's energy is this guy's energy is a televangelist talking about the evils of homosexuality <laughs> who you who while who, he's who getting blown getting blown by gay prostitutes on a daily basis
1: I was thinking under the desk while he's talking about that kind of stuff. No, uh, no evangelical
0: thing. preachers can't, they don't have desks. They have to prance around the stage. They well, are that's true. You have to give them that if nothing else, they are showmen. Probably the reason there's so much repressed homosexuality because they are good showmen for the most part. That's exactly. Oh shit. They belong on Broadway. They're theater kids <laughs> who had the homosexuality beaten down in them. That's what it is to the point where they got to start, oh. you know, cruising truck stops between sermons,
1: you gotta gotta tap your foot just a just the right way. There you go.
0: That that that's for the glory hole, but still. Hey, truck stop blowies come in all shapes and sizes.
1: In the kitchen, this is another scene that makes complete sense to me. George just walks in there, and he picks up a vase
0: and just drops it. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a that was a double edged sword for me because on the one hand, I completely understand that feeling, like one hundred percent. But then on the other hand. Yeah, there's my mildly, very mildly OCD side that all I can think about after that is all the shattered glass.
1: Well, yeah. And then they they, they make a big mess later in the kitchen. I'm like, who's going to clean that shit up what the fuck? They probably have a maid. That is a good point. We never see it. But yeah, probably. Yeah, most likely. Um, He dreams of George Washington a lot. Every night, apparently. Every night. Yeah. Dreams aren't real. God damn it. We get to work again. Cindy has moved up to a level four goob now. She's replacing Charisma. She's not as nice. She's not fun. No work is, there is uncool. There
0: is no smile on George's face when she calls down. No in the morning.
1: She's like, "We're gonna, we're gonna do our work," and she's very business. I,
0: I love, <laughs> I love the condescending call she gives him at that first time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I hope this isn't going to be a problem with you. I hope because oh, I'm gonna a woman. Together as professionals, <laughs> <laughs> she's like. Fuck you, lady. That's when
1: the canister comes down and he pulls out the, the forms. And Oh, the forms, by the way, I think are charisma. No, that's the next day.
0: Yeah, it's the next day is they're processing her termination papers.
1: But it, this one has the sticky note that says, be, be busy. busy. Uh, Julian can pole vault now. He was having
0: trouble with
1: it prior to this.
0: Yeah, he, I, uh, he does his first successful one on the second day, doesn't he? Because yep. the first day, he, <laughs> he the first <laughs> day he goes face first into the bar. Yeah. It was pretty glorious.
1: And then he fucking like loses his shit. He's all excited. And he starts chasing George around and George is not having it. He finally, he finally like tackles George and George freaks out. And this is like the most emotion he shows in the entire movie.
0: It well second most. Cause he does have that freak out later on.
1: Oh, when they're throwing shit at each other? No,
0: there, there's a different, there's a Just George freak out where he, where he starts just going, ah, ah, and just <laughs> roaming from room to room, stomping outside. I think it's after she asked him to do the number 800 with the butter. <laughs> and he just snaps. He just, he just pushes her off him and stands up and walks out and then starts, ah. I could be wrong about the timing on that,
1: though. Maybe, I honestly don't remember. But we're going to talk about roger
0: who the fuck is roger why am i why am i the life the
1: coach glenn. oh my god
0: he's glenn gulia that's right glenn gulia julia gulia is not husband this guy i don't think he's ever been more perfectly cast no and man. that's saying something because he was absolutely perfect for the wedding singer and he's even better in this
1: <laughs> and he sucks at pool and he likes to touch people too much <laughs> that pool shot is fucking golden <laughs> Because he's all confident and like, but then he just, he just pokes it and then it, it just goes, it just slips right off it the fucking cue ball. It's Scratches great. right <laughs> off the top.
0: Just, oh my God. It's, that's comedy gold. Doesn't phase him at all. No. He doesn't give a shit. No, you'd, th- <laughs> you'd think he just sunk an impossible shot. From his reaction,
1: oh man! And then he, then he also drops his balls in people's faces when they're trying to lift weights <laughs> and stuff. He, well, he, first he like he smacks George on the butt because they're, they're they're dudes they're just hanging out playing pool. You you kind of think he's a friend at first, but he touches his butt like a, he smacks no, he's,
0: him. He's immediately like like by the. By the time he's been around for 30 seconds, he's given off big life coach energy.
1: Oh, man. And he's like touching his butt and going like, oh, you're really tense. We, I, I, I know how to fix that. And then, you know, that that's when he drops his balls in his face while he's fucking. What's well, that?
0: He, he puts him on a Stairmaster and and then is spotting him for some spotting. Uh, spotting is the word that I couldn't think of for some lifting there. Yes. And yeah, like spotting him with his with his short shorty shorts draped right over right over (laughs) the bridge of his nose so you know he's looking straight up at the dude's balls
1: and i don't remember exactly what he says about it but he's he's like i smell s-h-i-t and i don't like it when i smell s-h-i-t or some shit he's
0: basically saying that um he's given him he's given him a hard time about being depressed you know he's it's basically the the same old thing of you know you're choosing depression like that kid who keeps on telling me to try to be happy yeah just just could you just like act like you're happy? He's like he he's basically saying, You're not putting any effort into this. You know, like you gotta you gotta be happy. I can only do so much, and this is bullshit. <laughs> and that's what he refers to it to it as is S H I T.
1: Rachel says he looks like the love child of Nathan Fillion and Dominic West.
0: Who's Dominic West?
1: He plays Jigsaw in the Punisher Warzone and he's I still haven't watched he's that. the main character in fucking The Wire. He's the Irish cop guy.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. That's a that's a pretty good comparison, yeah. And he's also overly concerned with George having sex. And I know
1: his job is to make sure that he's like not going to explode, but
0: oh, he's very like he's he straight up attacks George's identity as a man. He's like you're not a man if you're not fucking your wife. <laughs> this guy is if you struggle with depression, you know this guy. <laughs> You yeah, know him. You, I do. This guy probably embodies many people who have crossed through your life, but you definitely <laughs> know this guy at some point.
1: Yeah. So that that night after after that, uh, George tries to get himself all psyched up. So he gives it a go. He tries to, He basically he gets ready to try to fuck his wife. She's got the she's got the eye mask on, and she's doing whatever. And he grabs her boob
0: and he squeezes it. <laughs> Just the most tentative, non sexual boob grab yep. you've ever seen.
1: And then she goes. Sarah. (laughs) He does not like that at all. (laughs) Then he goes and watches TV while he opens up his Uter Norman box, which is something that his, the company sent him uh, to make him happy. I and guess. he
0: does exactly what I would have done with his box.
1: So he pulls that, pulls this thing out of the box, and it's a helmet with the solar system on it. At least and, he
0: opened one box that night. Am I right?
1: <laughs> and it's basically to represent the nothingness of space so you feel less important or something.
0: Yeah, because remember, the, as stated later in the movie, granted, you know, first watch, you're not going to grab this, but as stated later in the movie, the ultimate goal is the death of self so that you become nothing more than a cog in the machine and that you're satisfied with that.
1: And then what he, what he does with it, you you would do takes it off, kicks it and fucking shatters it all over the place. I think
0: (laughs) that might be the point. Is that the point at which he like just starts going into spasms and is like, I just need to yell, right? Oh
1: yeah. Then he goes into the shed and freaks out some more and starts breaking shit. And then he hurts himself, of course. And, but that's, then that's where he also finds this old model that he made and it's, We'll learn George Washington crossing George, the yeah, Delaware. George
0: Washington crossing the Delaware. Clearly, this has some significance for him.
1: Back at work, there's more Jeffers voiceover, and basically, the Jeffers Corporation is the most profitable company ever, and it's the best thing ever. And then teddy bears. The teddy bears are here.
0: Oh boy. Okay. Yeah.
1: And Mike has a new scooter thing, and he and it comes with armrests, and he's got the fucking hat on with the with the planets and
0: shit. Mike. Oh my God. This fucking dude shit. This guy had almost nothing to do in this movie. And he decided he was going to do everything with it. (laughs) The actor who played Mike is he walked onto this set and was like, these motherfuckers are going to remember me.
1: It's pretty, it's pretty perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. And this is shit is starting to unravel. This is the, he, he, you know, uh, so Cindy wants those termination, Christmas termination forms by lunch and shit. But then we get, then we learn about the bears there. There's an announcement over the intercom. You may have noticed your new guests in your office.
0: Yeah. There's, there's these three huge stuffed bears. Cause there's three of them in, yeah. in the office. They're basically like, um, you know, spend as much time interacting with them as possible we're going to quiz you on your interactions with them later,
1: because they're going to release the product to the to the
0: general public at some point as a method of combating exploding. Yeah, it's called they're called they call the Cuddle Crew. The Cuddle Crew. That's right. <laughs> so the bears
1: talk when you squeeze their ears, and they're they're all happy and like, oh, you're my friend, and blah.
0: And Todd forgets to pull his trigger. Yep. In favor of tugging on the bear's ear,
1: and he looks. You see his face right before he explodes,
0: and he's like, oh shit. And then boom. Yeah. That's the kind of terrifying thing about exploding. They clearly know it's going to happen right before it does. Oh, wouldn't
1: that be fucked up? Because, yeah, there's a couple people you see that. And then now George is dreaming of actually being George Washington again as he's writing his surrender. Like he's, yeah, they're, he's in the war and all that shit. They're, he's writing his surrender, and charisma shows up in the dream. Well, what Ooh. he's
0: doing is he's writing, he's, he, he's told one of his underlings who's played by the same actor who plays Mike because the, the guys he's interacting with are are also the guys he's working with. Yes. Yes. In his dream. And, uh, and he's basically told him, you go tell him I have a plan. Right. So, cause so the idea is that that's the night when they cross the Delaware, you know, that's his hail Mary plan. But he's also writing this letter about how he, you know, he, he feels like, it's over, you know, like he has no.
1: Also, oh, it's not like an official surrender,
0: like he's full of <laughs> shit, like he's basically writing. I'm completely full of shit. I just told them I have a plan. I have no plan.
1: <laughs> and that's when charisma shows up in the dream.
0: Yep. Can't, can't remember what she says, but it was poignant enough. Honestly, just her showing up appears to have been enough to to inspire him.
1: And it turns out he's probably sleeping. He's sleeping in his car and he gets woken up by that random employee who's like, hey, man, you OK? And he's all laughing and gives him the middle finger. And
0: yeah, it's just some dude. We never see him again.
1: Nope. And why is everybody so cavalier about this? A dude just exploded again. It's just becoming. (laughs) He's still got blood on his shirt, by the way. It's old hat at this point. Everybody's just fine with it. Mm -hmm. Michelle's having a seance or some shit because Sarah told her to.
0: Oh, and I also. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, no. She's having a memorial. Oh,
1: yeah, I know. It looked like a seance at first because she has all the candles lit. And this is also the first point I realized that she was dressing like Sarah as well.
0: Oh no, she's trying to model her life yes. on Sarah
1: at yep. this point. And yeah, yeah, from the from scene one, when I watched it the second time, I noticed from the first time we see her watching Sarah, she is dressed just like her.
0: She's basically made Oprah her entire personality.
1: Yes, except I like Missy
0: Pyle better. Oh yeah, I I I prefer Missy Pyle myself. But if Missy Pyle was actually like this character, that's basically what she would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So the candles are for the memorial. For because 300 people were killed when that guy who hosts the telethon blew up on live TV (laughs) and he took Roger with him because Roger was apparently also his life coach. They show
0: his breakdown and it's (laughs)
1: that's pretty funny. You know what I spend your money on that you send hookers (laughs) hookers and PCP. Yeah, what was it? Hook? It wasn't PCP. It was something hookers and it was something yeah. like that though.
0: Something <laughs> PCP adjacent.
1: It was pretty funny. I'm like, yeah, that, that's good. And then, and then he also like right before he explodes, he goes, "Oh fuck." <laughs> <laughs>
0: The funny thing is they bleep out all the fucks on TV, but they bleep, they basically bleep the space between foot and us. Uh, so you still hear the entire yep. word, but it gets a bleep. It gets this microscopic bleep.
1: And then Julian is apparently starting some kind of weird hippie commune cult in the backyard.
0: And the funny thing is, is later on, he doesn't even like or respect them. He feel, he he, <laughs> yes. he basically says they're doing the exact same thing as everybody else. They're just trying to distract themselves. They don't, really believe in pole vaulting
1: (laughs) at first I was kind of hoping that he would explode while he was doing this blindfolded pole vault but now I realize he needs to be there to kind of ground George in some kind of something
0: he basically represents what I think is the thesis of the movie which is that he's pursuing something that's meaningful to him which is what I think the directors are trying to say you know is not that it's going to be a be all end all solution or anything. And they did say this in their, their interview at the premiere of the movie, you know, so I'm, I don't want to come off as though this is entirely my original thought, but they didn't draw it back to this character, but this is, but what they said about the movie is basically what the ending represents to them is not that George getting together with charisma solved anything, but simply that it gave him something to pursue that he's going to have to continue to pursue every day but that he can try to find meaning in because it's something that matters to him. Well, I think that that's where his brother's at is that it's not that the pole vaulting is solving the problem, but the pole vaulting is giving him something that matters to him. Unlike what everybody else is doing, which is just finding something to distract themselves from (laughs) the existential dread that leads to explosion. That's us. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah, that's what we're doing. (laughs) But he found something that is meaningful to him and he's pursuing that. And he's and if he continues to pursue that, it's not that there's a magic bullet or anything, but just the continual pursuit of something meaningful beats distraction.
1: I agree. That's a that's a very good point. I, I get it. So I'm glad he didn't explode.
0: Yeah, me too. It would have really undercut, <laughs> yeah, just the a little bit. The message of the movie.
1: Because <laughs> at first I thought he was just kind of an annoying character there to bug George,
0: but nope. His character sort of comes around on the rewatch.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what happened. That's that's exactly what happened. And then we get back to work, and then they're watching a new video about this new inhibitor thing that replaces basically all of your negative emotions with happy ones.
0: And they slapped one on. Mr. Jefford's secretary, and she is terrifyingly (laughs) calm.
1: I hate it. I hate it. It freaks me out. Yeah. I I hope I think it's supposed to.
0: No, the way this is a much scarier Soma than Soma, because the way (laughs) Soma is described in Brave New World, that actually sounds kind of nice. This is fucking scary. That's what genuinely scares me about stories I've heard of some people's reaction. Not all people, some people's reaction to certain depression medications is that certain people have had a reaction where they feel like their personality is being repressed.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people hear the stories about that and they're just afraid to try it at that point.
0: Yeah. And that, that's, that put me off to it for a long time and I didn't have that reaction. The reason, the reason I ended up having to get off my, my medication was because it was interfering with my sleep and not my sex drive, but my ability to perform sexually, I still had just as strong a drive. If it had robbed my drive, I would have been okay with it, but it didn't. It just robbed my ability to to do anything about that drive.
1: Yeah, your boner
0: just, like, popped. It's like, uh uh-uh. You know know that, that time when you've committed to masturbating? You're like, all right, I've carved out a little time for myself. I can do this. That drive that you have as you're finding whatever your porno is that you like to watch for it. That's how I felt all the time, but with no ability to release.
1: <laughs> yep. So it is the I ultimate like-
0: distraction, the <laughs> ultimate distraction. Cause like if I just don't feel any drive, that's great. No distraction. Or if I'm able to just, in, just do it and release, that's great. Distraction dealt with, but being constantly in that state is a fucking nightmare.
1: And, and this inhibitor thing is so fucking weird. It freaks me out, and I don't. I don't want one.
0: No, it, no. That's it's it's very scary. It's it's very dystopian.
1: George. Then we see him write down Charisma's information,
0: and so, oh yeah, no, he writes it down off of her termination, off of the paper. off of the termination yeah. paper. Yeah, total violation. Of, very uh, privacy. Uh,
1: she lives in a place called the undeveloped zone, and we don't really know what that means because it's not fully explained. But again, another Brave New World comparison, where there's a whole society outside of whatever these people on their SOMA are, whatever are doing.
0: That's the reason for me. Brave new world is a utopian story, not a dystopian story because the government of brave new world is content to let them just exist in their way. The problem with the, the real hardcore dystopian is that the, and, and even modern American dystopia, they're not content to let the outsiders just be by themselves and do their thing. They have to control the outsiders. And now we're talking
1: about it so damn much that I want to read that book again.
0: <laughs> and that's fucking scary. That's the problem with totalitarianism. It's not content to let outsiders exist. <laughs> so he
1: ends up going out to the undeveloped zone and finds her and she's working at a diner, which happens to be owned by her father. So this is like a whole place that exists and it's just like the regular world. But they're in this weird.
0: Yeah, I think the weird. idea of the undeveloped zone is it's sort of like you familiar with company towns. You know what Company no. Town is? Company Towns were a thing that they're, that Amazon is trying to bring back, where it, it, it was sort of a, a a very dystopian thing in and of itself, where a company would own all the land. They would own all of the stores on the land. All of the products were bought from the company. So basically, you paid the company for your living space you paid the company for your groceries. You paid the company for your banking was all done through the company. And some companies, I don't, I'm not 100% on this one, but I believe I recall hearing that some companies even basically invented their own currency that worked within the company town. And so it basically prevented people from leaving because their entire existence was owed to the company. Hence the, um, the, uh, the 16 tons line, I owe my soul to the company store. Oh. Because like that's where the company store is. Like you could buy things on credit but the credit came out of your future work and you couldn't quit until you were square with the company. Like legally you could not quit. You had to keep working until you could pay them off. That is so fucking creepy and weird.
1: George sits down in this diner because he sees her and he's immediately taken because that's, that's, you know.
0: (laughs) I related... Really, really hard to this scene.
1: <laughs> oh man, we've all we've all been there. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. This this one's pretty universal, at least for the uh, chubby nerds. Uh, except for the part where she actually wants to talk to him.
1: Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't. Obviously, she doesn't recognize him, uh, and he doesn't recognize her technically. But he kind of just he senses that it's her. I think he hears no, her he, voice. He hears
0: yeah. her say something. Okay. Yeah, and and recognizes her voice, and then it turns out. She does too.
1: First, she she comes over to take his order, and he I don't know how the fuck she understands what he's saying.
0: But he just points he just points at he, an item on the menu. He
1: does mumble. It's in the subtitles. He's like, oh.
0: <laughs> so I don't know. I think the idea is that he just pointed. At yeah, the menu I'm, at what
1: I'm he thinking. Wanted. Then you know she's like, okay, I'll go I'll go get that for you. Then he he gets up. as She walks away, and she's about to leave, and he b- almost bumps into somebody. Says like, excuse me or something, right? And she's like, George. Except her voice is way sexier than that. so
0: yeah, and she's got like a little <laughs> a little accent. She's from Argentina.
1: Mm-hmm. She's all excited that he's there and they sit down,
0: you know. she wants to talk to him. She asks him to come over, sit down so they can yeah. talk and they do in that montage way where we don't actually hear anything they say to each other.
1: <laughs> nope, he almost tells her about like uh, he starts to tell her about the dream he had about her. He brings it up at least.
0: yeah. and she brings she brings it up too, but I I think maybe that's later.
1: She should be creeped out, by because
0: she Because she had a dream about him, too. But I can't remember if she says that now or I oh. think maybe when they go out to the car or something. She wants him to take her somewhere,
1: but thinks it's better that they don't because they end up walking out to his car and she sees that he has a ring on his finger. Oh, no.
0: And then, you know, she has second thoughts, uh, you know, reasonably, understandably. And uh, George just shuffles off with his tail between his legs yep. as... Like a little. I bitch. would you.
1: And then we get back to work. Jeffers is on the screen talking about how the president himself declared the exploding epidemic as a national crisis. Yeah, you think?
0: And he's authorizing the use of inhibitors in all of the unin. What is it? Undeveloped, undeveloped regions,
1: undeveloped areas. Yeah, at specifically thirty-seven, which is where. Well,
0: it was specifically like five or six of them. Yeah. but thirty-seven is the one where charisma was.
1: Then we. You know, we, we, we learned that and he's all like, Oh fuck. And then Michelle is at home watching Sarah and reading the end of the book.
0: Sara Sarah mm-hmm. is having a fucking breakdown.
1: Sarah. Yes. She's freaking out. She gets to the end of the book. She opens it and it says happiness is being happy. That's more of that same thing
0: of people just saying, just be happy. It's fucking easy. <laughs> and Sarah is like, what the fuck does that even mean? She says, what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> And then she starts trashing her set and freaking out. She's losing it. And it's
1: fantastic. For some reason, that prompts Michelle to try and fuck George again. And that's when she
0: asks him. Okay. That's <laughs> the one where she asks him <laughs> yeah. for the number 800 with the butter. The
1: number 800 with the butter. I'm like, I'm not sure what that is, but that turns him off immediately. He walks out, climbs his own fence, and then ends up talking to Julian again. Because Julian's just hanging out there watching. Oh, yeah. Because there's people.
0: Yeah. Because the commune has like become a full fair at this point. Like, there's fucking dozens of people out there just occupying themselves. They don't even need him anymore. Yep.
1: And the FBI's in the woods for some reason.
0: Because they heard that something was going down.
1: No revolutions allowed, I guess. Yep. Uh, Then George tells Julian about this dream and about how he's seeing charisma in his dream and in real life he went to go see her and shit. He talks about how close her hand was to his when they were sitting there in the diner talking. And that... If he was to touch her, it would be like he was slipping into deep water or some shit. I'm like, stop getting all fucking romantic on us, you piece of shit.
0: Yeah, i i i've I've felt that one.
1: Yeah, no, I've been on dates where, like, I'm assuming clearly they wanted you to hold their hand because they're they're putting their hands right there, but you don't because you're a huge pussy and you yep. <laughs> you just can't.
0: Yep, that that one hits close to home.
1: I've been there. We've all been there.
0: And then like fixating on it and just just mulling it over again and again.
1: You mean after you've left the situation? Yeah, after you've yeah. blown it.
0: Just going yep. over it and over it and over it. Yeah, fucking oh, that one hurts.
1: George then we we cut to him doing that little survey for the for the bears. And what
0: is your sexual relate? Yeah. Describe your sexual <laughs> relationship with your bear.
1: I forgot to write that down. But yeah, describe <laughs> your sexual relationship with the bear. Uh yeah. So there's also in the office there's a level 5 in there. Who can't even talk.
0: No, this dude. God, what is the sound he makes? Again? It's, ah, <laughs> it's horrible. It's just horrible. This guy is horrible. This guy makes Mike look like he's not a creep.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird. And I feel like there's some symbolism here.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: I can't quite put my finger on it, but I know there's definitely something going on. This like yeah. monosyllabic, not can't even form words, but he's above you, like way above you.
0: Yeah. Like like, highest executive level above you.
1: But you all know. he can do is no, so. and, and
0: and this guy has a hard on for Mike.
1: Yes, yes. Because Cindy, Cindy calls
0: George. This is Cindy. Level four goop. Is Mark there? Mark from level five. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And she she asked to speak to the, the level five that's in there. And then some dude comes in and like wrestles Mike like in some way and then throws an inhibitor on
0: his neck. And then Mike just as soon as that inhibitor hits his neck, Mike just like, OK, hey,
1: everything's cool. How's
0: it going, George? Jeffers morning, George. Yeah. No, thank you. That sounds fucking horrifying. Oh, God. It's I,
1: I would love to be just happy all the time, but I don't want to be artificially happy. You know, I don't
0: mind I don't mind being artificially happy, but the impression that you get, at, especially later on when George encounters charisma with the inhibitor on is that she they've completely lost control of their own mind, like just completely lost it. They, and
1: the effect lingers, too. Yeah, not for, for not forever, but long and long enough. Yeah. Like she's only had it on for a day. I imagine
0: it's very upsetting. Yeah.
1: So the, yeah, George is back at the crossroads. There's a crossroads kind of leading to the undeveloped zone that where charisma lives. And he's just kind of sitting out there and we hear a radio broadcast that says they're no longer going to be playing music because apparently it's too emotional. And then, <laughs> and that tomorrow because mu- yeah.
0: music is one of the things in life that inspires you and, and it, oh, yeah. and it opens your mind and it, it inspires dreams and it inspires ambition. You know, music is good for that. So, yeah, it's understandable that they'd want to crack down on something.
1: <laughs> so fucked up, dude.
0: That makes you feel things.
1: I don't feel anything anymore. Back at Ho, because I missed the M for some reason. Uh, this is where he sees that, like, the, the sheets or whatever hanging out of Howard's window. And then he actually goes into Howard's room, like, breaks open the door or whatever.
0: Yeah, sheets yeah. like a like an escape rope.
1: Yeah, and of course he's not in there, and that's where we find the note. That's like a poem that I don't really remember what it says, but
0: the gist of the note is um, the gist of the poem. Anyway, that what my takeaway was was uh, I got to get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah, so maybe maybe he ran away.
0: Possibly he yeah. may yeah he may have run away a long time ago,
1: and now George is just like recreating, it, or Michelle is.
0: That's entirely possible.
1: She's the one who's home.
0: Again, he could have exploded. I maintain he 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 may have exploded a long time ago and they're just not Do able kids to face explode it. though? I think kids are in more danger of exploding than adults at this point. I mean, granted, at the time this movie was made, that was not such a thing, but if you look at how Gen Z is growing up now, <laughs> looking at my kids, they're dealing with way more stress than I was at their age. They have so much less hope for the future. Yeah, I would I would say kids are exploding at an upsetting rate or would be if that were a thing in our world.
1: <laughs> Why are people drinking paint? Is it Julian? I can't remember.
0: Drinking paint?
1: Yeah. He said there's a dude drinking paint. He says paint is good for you and then he dumps it on his face. Oh, you're
0: talking about the guy who was up on the Yeah, he's on he's on like the mask. Yeah, or no, whatever. that I, I because I have the Blu-ray and and it was a little fuzzy at first. I wasn't sure if it was Julian either, but it got close enough that I could tell it definitely wasn't. Okay,
1: hit. that was that was just like a side note. And George is watching him, going like, "What the fuck?"
0: Yeah, at this at this point, this thing is just feeding itself. These people are <laughs> they're an invasive species, basically.
1: Yeah, it's point. it's weird and uncomfortable, and I don't like it. Uh, we do go back inside, and Sarah Sarah, the talk show host, has killed herself with a shotgun. That was actually one of the first things that was said to bring you happiness from that book.
0: Yeah. It was like number eight or something yeah. like that. A 12 gauge shotgun. And <laughs> this lady pulled the lady pulls a shotgun out on yeah. live TV. She's like, I named mine Melinda or something like that. I can't, <laughs> it was
1: something it like was. that. Yes. And then Michelle is distraught looking also dressed like Sarah again.
0: And <laughs> the <laughs> sure explanation of what happened is fucked up oh my god and
1: also makes her look a little dumb
0: yeah but no i i mean makes her look a
1: little like a a robotic yeah i think that's
0: how deep she is on this thing is is she says i put it in my mouth and i pulled the trigger but the book didn't say anything about shells
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the shells weren't in the book oh uh, yeah oh man she's very upset because she wants to die but she doesn't have any shells, first of all, and she's trying to make herself explode, but she just can't because she has no emotions.
0: Yeah, and and she says an interesting thing. It's it's one of the things that uh, someone did snippet and put up on YouTube, which is one of the very few non-trailers you can find on YouTube for this movie if you search Visioneers, because pretty much everything you find is either a trailer or this snippet, and that's that's about it. She says, the people who are exploding aren't exploding because they've lost their ability to feel they're exploding because they have the ability to feel they're, they're not the, they're not the failures. They're better than us because they still feel something. I can't explode.
1: And now you're sad that she's not dead because you feel bad for her. Oh,
0: yeah, I, I, it's ter- it's turning dark. <laughs> yeah, just it, a it's, little. It's turning even darker than it already was.
1: They end up in the kitchen, though, and she's, like, drinking a beer. And she's like, God, I haven't had one of these in so long or some shit.
0: And then they they just decide to have a little moment of catharsis. Yeah, well, she together. says,
1: the, 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 right before it happens, she says the last time that she was happy was the day they met. What a bomb to drop. God, I wish tanks.
0: I couldn't relate so well to that.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That's
0: that's a bad spot to be in.
1: And that's when they both start freaking out. George starts like throwing paper towels and shit.
0: I and will say this is the moment I kind of expected him to fuck.
1: Yeah, usually that's kind of when it happens, huh?
0: Yeah, I, I, I kind of thought like, you know, like they're in the burn it all down phase of their marriage now where they're they both clearly want out and they're and they're actually admitting it now. And they're just like, let's fuck it. Let's fuck this whole place up. Let's just do it. And that's the point at which. Fucking each other loses its gravity and actually becomes feasible.
1: <laughs> or she could have exploded because now she's clearly feeling something now.
0: Well, I think it's I think it's a building pressure thing. I don't think it's something that can happen that quickly. I Fine, think the idea you're is probably a, right. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's fucking, a time.
1: But he's smarter than me.
0: It's a timed thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I really expected him to fuck.
1: Uh, they do not fuck. No, they don't. And it's kind of sad. I, I feel I feel bad for Mister George. He doesn't get to doesn't get to. Bang Judy Greer one last time. As she leaves the room, she says, I've been dead long enough. I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure what that means, but like, fuck.
0: (laughs) I I think it's a declaration of intent. She's she's tired. She's sick of being dead. She wants to be alive. So she's going to... Like, this is one of those moments where they should both be like high-fiving. Like, I don't want to be married to you. Well, I don't want to be married to you. (laughs) Awesome. High five winners getting divorced.
1: <laughs> I can tell you have some feelings about that. This
0: is, yeah, this is one of those divorce is always good news things. It's hard, but yeah, you know, uh, it's, it's true what they say. Happy marriages don't end in divorce. After all
1: that fucking craziness, something even weirder happens. There's a there's a knock at the door or the doorbell rings or some shit. I don't know. George opens the door and it's fucking Jeffers. Or at least the man we believe to be Jeffers.
0: Yes. The man from the poster.
1: He says that, well, essentially he sits down and talks to him and this guy, I like this guy's performance here. Oh yeah. He's a huge dick when he's like right in the middle of, he's like saying something, something, look, li- no, something, something, look at me. And then he just keeps talking like he never fucking said that. And it's so weird. Oh yeah. He's so angry. No, and, this guy like, is commanding. so,
0: so into himself. It's crazy. It, again, I love what everybody's doing in this movie. Like there, are, there are some over the top stuff going on, but I never feel like people like these actors are making the wrong choices.
1: He is there to tell George that despite them barely noticing him before and not thinking very much of him at all. They want him. Uh, well, they're looking for, what for good men to fight whatever war they think is coming. I'm not entirely sure what's <laughs> happening, but this is just, this is like the elite saying like, this is, shit's gonna happen and then just us normies going like doesn't have to though does it you guys are kind of making it do stuff yeah
0: i mean when they get out into the car and he meets the real jeffords and he starts going into his philosophy of life it is so fucking self-important so (laughs) self-involved so you know what's good for me is not good for you because I'm better than you. And so I should be the one dictating how you, you should all be cogs in my machine. And he's so thrilled with himself about
1: yeah. it. They found George interesting all of a sudden because of a weird picture that he drew on the survey about the teddy bears.
0: Yeah. The sur the survey question was draw and draw the way you see the future. And he drew a sunset over water and apparently the real Mr. Jeffords loved this. Yes.
1: So then they do end up going out to the car where the real Mr. Jeffords is in there,
0: and who's a he, creepy old fuck.
1: He's old and he's like attached to this fucking. He's got an IV, and, he's, and I
0: think he has an oxygen machine, doesn't he? Or am I mistaken there?
1: It's some medical thing with a tube attached to him.
0: Anyway, uh, he's creepy and he's wild-eyed, and and the shit he starts saying is basically how people are going to keep exploding. The inhibitors are just a stopgap measure. And what we really need is people like you to help us win, you know, the fight for the new way of life, which is basically where the individual ceases to exist and becomes nothing more than a cog in the great machine of society. And and he's saying this like it's a dream come true. And he clearly is saying it in a way that accepts himself from being a cog he is the one who the machine serves and yet he sees himself as the great benefactor of society with this with this notion of the future this guy is truly terrifying because that's the kind of guy who you know like he he's not he's not just an egotist he's an egotistical ideologist
1: with enough money to maybe make some of this kind of shit happen.
0: Not just enough money, but enough power, right. enough political influence.
1: Yeah, the president's like on his fucking payroll or something.
0: Yeah, the president is basically his lackey at this point. Yeah, it he's terrifying.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not so into it. I don't remember how this point actually comes up, but he gives he ends up giving George a card that says "Kill the thing you love." Why does he do that? Oh, the idea that it will make you happy and pain away.
0: And you will be and you will never hurt again.
1: Yes. Because that way you won't have anything to desire. He's not wrong. No.
0: He's not wrong. But that's like a sociopathic (laughs) sort of freedom. Like like that's 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 the path of the suicide bomber is basically what it is.
1: After that very bright and shiny conversation. George goes back to uh, Charisma's restaurant and she doesn't recognize him because she has an inhibitor because they've already distributed all this shit to all the undeveloped zones. These inhibitors are dangerous as shit because she doesn't recognize him at all. Yet when this stranger goes, hey, you want to go on a boat ride with me? She's like, yeah, sure. Because they're not allowed to have negative thoughts anymore.
0: Yeah. So basically, I mean, basically it's it's turning them into cattle.
1: Yeah, it's a, that is a serial killer's dream right there. Mm-hmm.
0: Which you know that there's a dark so th- there's a dark side story that we do not explore oh no oh, <laughs> where man. where there's some there's some uninhibited serial killers who are, who this is this is basically turning the world into their playground
1: that's so fucked up
0: hey there's visioneers 2 <laughs> visioneers 2 is a horror movie
1: <laughs> uh so they're on the boat now they're on the boat they're sitting at the table he reaches over he grabs her hand But he, oh, he takes, he takes off the inhibitor first. They're sitting there and she's just kind of like, would you like something to drink? And all smiley and
0: emotionless. I think he says something like, I can put this back if you want me to or something, but I got to try this. Yeah, we're going to
1: take this off and we'll, we'll, we'll put it back if, if we need to. But
0: yeah, there's no reaction.
1: Yeah. And the effect kind of lingers, it seems that like, yeah, but it, it takes a second for it to wear
0: off. And she gets, she asks him if he wants something to drink and then she gets up and she goes over as if to give him something to drink. And then she just stands there with her back to him for a long time. She turns on the radio first. Oh, that's right. She turns on the radio and
1: we hear the host say this, you know, the station as they know it is done. And tomorrow we'll come back with some comedy nonsense or something.
0: Yeah. Basically. Yeah. He's the farewell song is playing and she, she stops to listen to it and, and then it come like, this is a genuinely upsetting little sequence where (laughs) he's looking at her and, and he just reaches and picks up a knife and stands up and walks up behind her and cuts her fucking heart out. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, like, hold on a minute. Uh, I don't mind that type of a movie, but that's not what this has been up to this point. Are we really going that way?
1: I honestly wouldn't have hated it if that did happen.
0: I'm not saying I would have hated it. I would have hated it if he like stabbed her and then she turned around and was okay. Like that would have been too fucked up like that. That would have been because the
1: inhibitor was still like working on her. And she was like, she just got stabbed and she's about to die,
0: but she's still like, "Eh." no, 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 not that the, like that would be more of like the, the uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest ending where you'd kind of be okay with it. It would be upsetting if he, if he stabbed her like in the back to try and make it merciful And she turned around and the betrayal on her face because her mind had come back to her.
1: Oh, oh, I gotcha. Oh, that would have been fucked up.
0: That would have been too dark.
1: I would have liked it. I would have liked that, too. I like it dark, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So he's about he's about to stab her in the back. But just as he approaches her, she turns around. Some tears are in her eyes and she's back. She's like, oh, my God, it's George.
0: And there's no moment where they have to have a conversation about the knife in his hand. It's just gone. And they start making out,
1: but it's real weird.
0: It's a very aggressive kissing that they Grab each other and squish their
1: faces together and then, like, fling apart. Like, push each other away. And then
0: grab each other and just, they do that, like, three or four times. Well, he does it first and then he kind of pushes her away, like, almost as if to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) And then she goes after him and then pushes him away. (laughs) And then they both go after each other and push each other away and go after each other and push each other away. It's Really weird, the comedic value of it is 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 good, but after the knife thing, I think I think the knife thing put too much of a grim damper of expectation on it. You don't like a little knife play no, that's one of my hard <laughs> limits actually. no cutting
1: and you don't have to cut'. them. you just kind of
0: I don't trust anybody that much. You just kind of
1: hold it there. I don't well, trust they're not doing it to me.
0: Much. I don't trust myself that much. I don't trust myself not to accidentally like trip or some shit. And stab a knife into someone's jugular.
1: You just gotta practice. And if you fuck up, you just throw that one in the garbage. And the the, the <laughs> woman, not the knife. You got to keep the knife for next time. That's so fuck. <laughs> they fuck. They totally
0: fuck. They I fuck. guess. Well, they wake up. They wake up next to each other on the deck. Well, and it's 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 morning. So the he implication, wakes up. She's still that. Asleep. Yeah, that's true. He wakes up. But the implication is that they fuck.
1: Then he goes out to the bow of the boat. He's he looks content and then he looks out, looks out into the water and sees George Washington on his boat with a couple of his bros. And yeah,
0: just kind of, I wrote, waves down, goodbye yeah, he, to him. he waves to him and no, I wrote down, no Jeffords finger.
1: No. Oh shit. He's free. He's free. And he kind of basks in his happiness for a minute and credits.
0: That's the reason I, I, I say I don't entirely buy the ending. You know, I don't hate it.
1: Which part? But, that he, that he saw George Washington. George Washington's just that, real? just
0: that he he, that he gets free in the end, you oh, know. Yeah. Like, I want that. That's the ending I want. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; it is the ending I want. It's just not the ending I believe in. You know. I think. It, I think it's um, it's a nice fantasy, but it's ultimately a fantasy at that point.
1: Nope. He definitely should have stabbed her and murdered her to death.
0: I mean, there's a part of me that wonders if maybe he didn't kill her and then kill himself. After he realized what he's done and now he's living in this fantasy as he dies, you know, like this is his death fantasy.
1: Well, yeah, I'm kind of thinking, does he end up exploding because now he has like stuff to give a shit about?
0: Well, the giving the shit isn't what makes him explode, I don't think. I think it's the being trapped that makes him explode. So if he actually did get free, if he actually feels free now and has something to believe in and something to pursue the way his brother pursued the pole vaulting which was meaningful to him and he was able to pursue, then maybe he doesn't explode. Ah, I guess that's a fair point. I hope he doesn't explode. I don't want him to explode. I I like him.
1: I hope he explodes when they're having breakfast together.
0: (laughs) No, tomorrow he's going to have to drive back to work and then he's going to explode (laughs) when he has to go back into that fucking office.
1: Does he go back to work or does he go to work in the diner with her?
0: I hope he goes to work in the diner with her, but you know that they're not going to be able to just keep working in that diner because it's in the it's in the undeveloped zone and they're not wearing inhibitors.
1: And there was a comment on the radio show about how the highways were closed and somebody said they can't wait until they're opened up. I'm wondering if they're like trapped Yeah. in that area.
0: Yeah. I I mean, realistically, I don't see them surviving very long, at least not uninhibited. I want to believe that they do. I want that for them. There are I some, like them. There's some definite questions you're left with. This isn't tied up in a neat bow.
1: No. <laughs> Hey, at least he got laid, I guess.
0: He did. And I'm glad you know I'm glad he was finally able to mount that hill. <laughs> but uh
1: She's skinny though.
0: <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, the two hill boobies. No, I mean I I but, meant I meant overcome she'll... that obstacle.
1: He came all over?
0: Okay. <laughs> all right, you're 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 making uh, fun of me
1: now. Uh, a little bit.
0: Which is not what this podcast has ever been about, goddammit.
1: Us making fun of each other and everybody else because we're insecure
0: no certainly not so how about some one star reviews i i think i've made myself pretty clear as to what my final thoughts are
1: i looked at some of the one star reviews it's mostly people that just think the movie's boring
0: yeah i mean that's a completely fair perspective i i don't necessarily know that i'd say one star is reasonable for just being bored but i can understand it
1: this guy just his title is not good what did you guys what movie did you guys watch i don't get it he reads the reviews on IMDb. This one's really long, actually. The movie was absolutely terrible, in my opinion. I just got out of the screening at Austin Film Festival, and the crowd walking what? out the the crowd walking out seemed to agree with me that this was not good. <laughs> this is from two thousand eight, like October of 2008. Oh wow, he was
0: out. he was right there. The when office it
1: scenes were way too long. The whole finger idea and the voice announcing the number of minutes left of productivity until the weekend was funny the first two times, but by the twentieth or twenty fifth time parentheses seriously we see them they are not funny anymore (laughs) sorry guys it is the first movie but i can't stand when bad films get a lot of hype i imagine he means it's the first movie of the film festival probably yeah completely unendurable i have never seen a less commercially viable film in my life
0: yeah these sound like people (laughs) who went in expecting the hangover
1: i watched this film for zach galifianakis as recently i'd come to love him and his humor it is Almost yeah, you, absent from this film. <laughs> did you
0: come to love him and his humor, or did you come to love the writers of The Hangover's humor? Because those are costs. two very different things yeah. if you've seen Galifianakis' stand-up.
1: Avoid at all costs. One of the worst films I've ever seen. Again, these people just don't watch a lot of movies, do they?
0: They were not ever going to like this movie, I feel like. I, I, I'd like to see a one-star review that was just inexplicable, but these all sound very explicable.
1: Uh, there, This guy's comparing it to Brazil...
0: Okay, that's a, yeah, that's a fair comparison. They
1: had Brazil in mind, and I assume they cast Zack so they could spin in spin in as a comedy, but you just sit there and wait for a joke or something, dot, 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 but nothing. Not a single joke. No deep underlying motive. Nothing. Absolutely nothing happens in this movie. 90 minutes of complete boredom.
0: Hangover crowd. I'm not trying to shit on the hangover either for the listener. I, I'm pro-hangover. I think that's a very fun franchise, but... It's just not what this is at all.
1: I could do without The Hangover.
0: I don't hate it. I, I, you know, it's not the top of my list or anything, but I see the appeal.
1: (laughs) This guy is... Just weird. This is a two-star review, by the way.
0: Okay. I have
1: no idea what is going on in this movie. Totally weird and sometimes just creepy. I don't like any part in this movie. I kept thinking they would reveal what this explosion is or somehow make an interesting (laughs) plot. But it never came. I enjoy weird movies and this was not on my list of enjoyable movies. This movie lacked, well... Almost everything. I'm happy I managed to sit through the entire thing and didn't shut it off. I feel I gave it a chance. At least I watched it once and never again. They must have really ran out of things to make movies about, huh? Anyways, guys, that was Visioneers. Are we done?
0: If this sounds appealing to you at all, please check it out. Because this movie needs to find its audience. And there is an audience for it. I just don't feel like this movie has found those people. If you've listened to this and think you might be one of them... Do yourself a favor and go find it. I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi. And uh, that other podcast that I listened to, (laughs) they actually said that the commercials on Tubi sort of added to the experience because you never really knew when. (laughs) Like slipping into a commercial felt very natural for this movie. That's
1: funny. That might be an experience. That might be another way to watch it. Shit.
0: (laughs) Uh, so it might be it might be one of the few movies that's actually improved by the continuous commercials.
1: I I say watch it is not for everybody.
0: No. No. It, I mean if you get if you get 15 minutes in and you're not feeling it, it's not going to change. That's not going to go away.
1: Yeah, no, the tone stays pretty similar pretty pretty like that the whole movie. So
0: Yeah, you yeah. get you get through 10-15 minutes and you'll know whether it's for you or not and make your decision at that point.
1: So that's it. We're done. Check us but, out on
0: some social media.
1: Yes. Social media. You can follow us on everything at the shark pod. If you want to give us some money, which I know you do, you can do so at sharks across Hollywood. No, you can't. You can do so at patreon.com slash sharks across Hollywood. <laughs> uh, we have all sorts of exclusive content on there. 2021, the 13th oh, yeah. 2022, a year in the asylum, 2023, 12 fingers of Shaw, and, yeah, we, we, we've got lots of shit on there, so go we've give us a dollar.
0: Literal days of content on there for you. I believe we've officially crossed the 48-hour threshold. Oh, nice. Just yet, but I'm pretty <laughs> damn sure.
1: You can give us a dollar, and that'll keep you entertained for two whole days.
0: Nonstop.
1: Yeah, so do that.